Part two, chapter seven of A Lost Lady by Willa Cather. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. One morning in April, Niall was alone in the law office. His uncle had been ill with rheumatic fever for a long while, and he had been attending to the routine of business. The door opened, and a figure stood there, strange and yet familiar. He had to think a moment before he realised that it was Orville Ogden who used to come to Sweetwater so often, but who had not been seen there now for several years. He didn't look a day older. One eye was still direct and clear, the other clouded and oblique. He still wore a stiff imperial and twisted moustache, the grey colour of old beeswax, and his thin hair was brushed heroically up over the bald spot. "'This is Judge Pomeroy's nephew, isn't it?' i can't think of your name my boy but i remember you is the judge out please be seated mr ogden my uncle is ill he hasn't been at the office for several months he's had really a very bad time of it is there anything i can do for you oh i'm sorry to hear that i'm sorry he spoke as if he were i guess all we fellows are getting older whether we like it or not it made a great difference when daniel forrester went mr ogden took off his overcoat put his hat and gloves neatly on the desk and then seemed somewhat at a loss what is your uncle's trouble he asked suddenly niall told him i was to have gone back to school this winter but uncle begged me to stay and look after things for him there was no one here he wanted to entrust his business to. "'I see, I see,' said Mr. Ogden thoughtfully. "'Then you do attend to his business for the present?' He paused and reflected. "'Yes, there was something that I wanted to take up with him. I am stopping off for a few hours only between trains. I might speak to you about it, and you could consult your uncle and write me in Chicago.' It's a confidential matter, and concerns another person. Niall assured him of his discretion, but Mr. Ogden seemed to find the subject difficult to approach. He looked very grave, and slowly lit a cigar. It is simply, he said at last, a rather delicate suggestion I wish to make to your uncle about one of his clients— I have several friends in the government at Washington just at present, friends who would go out of their way to serve me. I have been thinking that we might manage it to get a special increase of pension to Mrs. Forrester. I am due in Chicago this week, and after my business there is finished, I would be quite willing to go on to Washington to see what could be done, provided, of course, that no one least of all your uncle's client knows of my activity in the matter niall flushed i'm sorry mr ogden he brought out but mrs forrester is no longer a client of my uncle's after the captain's death she saw fit to take her business away from him mr ogden's normal eye became as blank as the other what's that he isn't her lawyer why for twenty years i know that sir she didn't treat him with much consideration she transferred her business very abruptly 
to whom may i ask to a lawyer here in town ivy peters peters i've never heard of him no you wouldn't have he wasn't one of the people who went to the forester house in the old days he's one of the younger generation a few years older than i he rented part of the forester's land for several years before the captain's death was their tenant that was how mrs forester came to know him she thinks him a good businessman mr ogden frowned oh, and is he some people think so is he trustworthy far from it he takes the cases nobody else will take he may treat mrs forrester honestly but if he does it will not be from principle this is very distressing news go on with your work my boy i must think this over mr ogden rose and walked about the room his hands behind him niall turned to an unfinished letter on his desk in order to leave his visitor the more free mr ogden's position he understood was a difficult one he had been devoted to mrs forrester and before constance had made up her mind to marry frank ellinger before the mother and daughter began to angle for him mr ogden had come to the forresters more frequently than any of their denver friends he hadn't been back niall believed since that christmas party when he and his family were there with ellinger very soon afterward he must have seen what his women folk were up to and whether he approved or disapproved he must have decided that there was nothing for him to do but to keep out it hadn't been the forester's reversal of fortune that had kept him away one could see that he was deeply troubled that he had her heavily on his mind niall had finished his letter and was beginning another when mr ogden stopped beside his desk where he stood twisting his imperial tighter and tighter you say this young lawyer is unprincipled sometimes rascals have a soft spot a sentiment where women are concerned niall stared he immediately thought of ivy's dimples a soft spot a sentiment mr ogden why not go to his office a glance would convince you oh that's not necessary i understand he looked out of the window from which he could just see the treetops of the forester grove and murmured poor lady so misguided she ought to have advice from some of daniel's friends he took out his watch and consulted it turning something over in his mind his train was due in an hour he said nothing could be done at present in a few moments he left the office afterward niall felt sure that when mr ogden stood there uncertainly watch in hand he was considering an interview with mrs forrester he had wanted to go to her and had given it up was he afraid of his women-folk or was it another kind of cowardice the fear of losing a pleasant memory of finding her changed and marred a dread of something that would throw a disenchanting light upon the past niall had heard his uncle say that mr ogden admired pretty women though he had married a homely one and that in his deep non-committal way he was very gallant perhaps with a little encouragement he would have gone to see mrs forrester and he might have helped her the fact that he had done nothing to bring this about 
made niall realize how much his own feeling toward that lady had changed it was mrs forrester herself who had changed since her husband's death she seemed to have become another woman for years niall and his uncle the dalzells and all her friends had thought of the captain as a drag upon his wife a care that drained her and dimmed her and kept her from being all that she might be but without him she was like a ship without ballast driven hither and thither by every wind she was flighty and perverse she seemed to have lost her faculty of discrimination her power of easily and graciously keeping everyone in his proper place ivy peters had been in wyoming at the time of captain forrester's illness and death called away by a telegram which announced that oil had been discovered near his landholdings he returned soon after the captain's funeral however and was seen about the forrester place more than ever as there was nothing to be done on his fields in the winter he had amused himself by pulling down the old barn after office hours one was likely to come upon him smoking his cigar on the front porch as if he owned the place he often spent the evening there playing cards with mrs forrester or talking about his business projects he had not made his fortune yet but he was on the way to it occasionally he took a friend or two some of the town boys over to dine at mrs forrester's the boys mothers and sweethearts were greatly scandalized now she's going after the young ones said ed elliot's mother she's getting childish at last niall had a plain talk with mrs forrester he told her that people were gossiping about ivy's being there so much he had heard comments even on the street but i can't bother about their talk they have always talked about me always will mr peters is my lawyer and my tenant i have to see him and i'm certainly not going to his office i can't sit in the house alone every evening and knit if you came to see me any oftener than you do that would make talk you are still younger than ivy and better looking did that never occur to you i wish you wouldn't talk to me like that he said coldly mrs forrester why don't you go away to california to people of your own kind you know this town is no place for you i mean to just as soon as i can sell this place it's all i have and if i leave it to tenants it will run down and i can't sell it to advantage that's why ivy is here so much he's trying to make the place presentable pulling down the old barn that has become an eyesore putting new boards in the porch floor where the old ones had rotted next summer i'm going to paint the house unless i keep the place up i can never get my price for it she talked nervously with exaggerated earnestness as if she were trying to persuade herself and what are you asking for it now mrs forrester twenty thousand dollars you'll never get it at least not until times have greatly changed that's what your uncle said he wouldn't attempt to sell it for more than twelve that's why i had to put it into other hands times have changed but he doesn't realize it mr forrester himself told me it would be worth that ivy says he can get me twenty thousand or if not he will take it off my hands as soon as his investments begin to bring in returns and in the meantime you're simply wasting your life here 
not altogether she looked at him with pleading plausibility i am getting rested after a long strain and while i wait i'm finding new friends among the young men those your age and a little younger i've wanted for a long while to do something for the boys in this town but my hands were full i hate to see them growing up like savages when all they need is a civilised house to come to and a woman to give them a few hints they've never had a chance you wouldn't be the boy you are if you'd never gone to boston and you've always had older friends who'd seen better days suppose you had grown up like ed elliot and joe simpson i flatter myself i wouldn't be exactly like them if i had however there is no use discussing it if you've thought it over and made up your mind i spoke of it because i thought you mightn't realize how it strikes the townspeople i know she tossed her head her eyes glittered but there was no mirth in them it was more like hysterical defiance i know they call me the merry widow i rather like it niall left the house without further argument and though that was three weeks ago he had not been back since mrs forrester had called to see his uncle in the meantime the judge was as courtly as ever in his manner toward her but he was deeply hurt by her defection and his cherishing care for her would never be revived he had attended to all captain forrester's business for twenty years and since the failure of the denver bank had never deducted a penny for fees from the bank entrusted to him mrs forrester had treated him very badly she had given him no warning one day ivy peters had come into the office with a written order from her requesting that an accounting and all funds and securities be turned over to him since then she had never spoken of the matter to the judge or to niall save in that conversation about the sale of the property End of part two, chapter seven.